Waiting for the summer to arrive. Welcome to Land of Pod. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 317 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by Andres. Hi, Sam. Welcome, Andres. Thank you. Um, We're going to get straight into it. We've actually got some football to talk about this week, and it's the main story. So that probably means we're not going to have as many listeners as last week, but it means that we get to talk about a more pleasant subject than we did last week. The whole round, am I right? Almost an entire round, yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't an entire round, of course, yeah, because River and Boca both played, didn't they? I was forgetting. I'll be at the reserves uh, in both cases. But here we go with the scores, first of all. On Friday, there were two matches. They finished Colón 1, Belgrano 1, and Newell's Old Boys 1, Patronato 0. On Saturday, we had only three games for some reason. Estudiantes de la Plata 1, Lanús 1, Atlético Tucumán 2, San Martín de Tucumán 3, um, and Banfield nil, Argentinos Juniors won. On Sunday, there were also only three matches Aldo Civi 2, San Lorenzo 2. Um, Aldo Civi grabbing a stoppage time equaliser in that one. Independiente nil, Boca Juniors, sort of mixed team, mostly reserves, um, won in a somewhat controversial match. Uh, River Plates reserves 3, Gimnasia y Grima La Plata 1. Uh, with the three games on Sunday and then for some reason I I really don't know why but we have five games on Monday um, and they finished as follows Tigre 1, Godoy Cruz 3 Beles Sarsfield 2 Rosario Central 0 San Martin de San Juan 2 Union de Santa Fe 0 Huracan 1, Defensa Justicia 1 and Tacheres 1, Racing 3 those last two matches um, were probably two of the most attractive looking ones of the weekend um, beforehand, you know, before they got played and rather annoyingly they were played at the same time yes. um, and the Classico I think we have to start with the Classico Tucumán because um, Tucumán uh, because, well, it was the Classico of the week, albeit there, there was also an, an all big five clash of course, Independiente Boca is technically a Classico, but the uh, Classico Tucumán is, is is the main Classico of the week and probably the most exciting game, although I'm going to have to defer to your judgment, Andres, because I didn't actually manage to watch it. Okay, well, uh, basically the, the main point there is that, uh, incredibly, Atletico Tucumán uh, uh, got rid of, of uh, the advantage, which was 2-0, and mm. then San Martín de Tucumán, in, 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 I think it was an unexpected uh, reaction, uh, achieved the, the well, they, they could turn turn around the result and, and finally win it uh, with several mistakes from Lucchetti, which also was somehow strange because he, even when he's not uh, the best goalkeeper uh, of the tournament, he had been showing himself uh, as a safe goalkeeper. Yeah, he's normally reliable. 
Yes, um, but this time he had responsibility in most of the goals, and what that made San Martin Tucumán. In a, I think they were. We're going to carry on through the uh, beeping unless it gets really loud. I think not desperate in terms of, of, of perhaps it, they are they were. Uh, I don't remember right now the, the relegation zone table, uh, but it was I think crucial for them to win a match like this to give them uh, some confidence so far. Indeed, yeah. In fact, that victory has lifted them just out of the relegation zone and dropped San Martín de San Juan into it. Um, San Martín de Tucumán now have 16 points from 14 matches in the relegation table, so they are just one position um, above. Oh, in fact, they should both be red here because they're both on exactly the same average points. They've got 1.143 points each. So if the um, season were to finish at this point, uh, San Martín de Tucumán and San Martín de San Juan would have to um, play off to decide who got that last so the classic of that last relegation the, the derby of San Martín would yes. be there but uh, um, when, some, when uh, Atletico Tucumán uh, reached the, the second goal and or co scored the second second goal uh, no one thought they, 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 sh they could lose that game because they were they had as, as well as uh, Lucchetti reliable as a team with uh, uh, sometimes playing well sometimes being a, a good team himself as a solid team but this time the same few mistakes made them pay uh, with, a, with a defeat which means for San Martín Tucumán as I said something very very strong in terms of confidence they if not out of the they are if not out of the relegation zone they are almost out so uh, I think it will be very good for them in terms of the confidence mm. uh, for the future, of course. Yes, it is, uh, no doubt. Uh, I'm just going to have a quick look at who they've got coming up now because I have the feeling they've played most of the really difficult fixtures so far. They've already played uh, Union, of course, who started the season quite strongly. Um, they were the uh, the first opponents that uh, San Martin Littleman had. Uh, they've played Rosario Central, who also started the season more strongly than they've um, since gone on to it. Uh, they've played Racing already, they've played Tacheres, they've played Independiente, um, they've now just had, and of course won, the City Clásico. Um, so they're, they're sort of difficult matches that they've got coming up. I'm trying to look down their list. They, they still want to play Defensa Justicia, they've still got to play River and Boca, um, and Huracan, who are in good form. Uh, San Lorenzo on the last day probably not as much of a challenge but you never know they are at home in that one um, and San, San Lorenzo of course have got half of a season to pick things up under a new manager um, but yeah I mean San Martín de Tucumán can probably they're now three games unbeaten as well they drew two in a row before this win um, and they've only lost one of their last seven gosh so they actually have picked it up pretty impressively since Walter Cochete took charge um, in the seventh round uh, Obviously, they, as Dan mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the two San Martins have swapped managers this season, um, so that's another yes. level. And now they are they story. are just one uh, near to the other, close to the other in in, the, in, the, in that table. In mm. the, so fear relation zone. So it's quite of of uh, funny. Yeah, absolutely. It was also a, a match a result that suited Racing very well because, of course, Atletico Tucumán are second in the league and they lost. Mm, yes. Um, 
Racing took advantage of that to move five points clear later on in the weekend with that 3-1 win away to Tacheres on Monday night, um, which was a solid performance, really. I missed about the first 20 minutes of that. I walked in just as Nisandro Lopez was scoring the penalty to put Racing 2-0 up. Uh, and for that reason, I ended up watching the last 70 minutes of that one on my laptop on DirecTV Play um, and put Urakan against Defensive Justice on the television because it was clear that that was going to be the more interesting game or at least the, the more even game. Um, but Racing were, you know, it was a really good performance. Tacheres uh, have a very uh, strong team, uh, particularly in their own stadium. I mean, not very strong in terms of the season they're having, they're, they're 12th, but at home they've got a decent record. Um, and Racing sort of held them at arm's length really throughout. I there was, was a, a really strange, uh, another mistake from a goalkeeper in the, in this case. Tacheres, that wasn't Guido Herrera, I don't know who was the, the one uh, who replaced him, uh, but a strange mistake because uh, there was a shot by, by I think, Lisandro Lopez, that he could have saved. Yeah, I'm going to correct you. According to this, it was Guido Herrera. I was Guido Herrera. Oh, sorry. Well, I uh, thought he was. Check this on, on my other app, just because sometimes this website gets them wrong. So let's just. Uh, I I really I thought that he wasn't, but well, um, <clears throat> a strange mistake because there, uh, uh, Lopez shot. The, well, he he uh, shot the ball and and it was Herrera. Well, yes. Uh, and he was inside the goal. The, the goalkeeper, in this case, Herrera was inside the goal, and he he uh, cleared the ball, but he was already inside. So mm. the ball also got inside the the, the goal. Um, it, apart from that, I think that in the point of view racing, in this case, they weren't uh, going down in terms of the intensity of the, the they, they played mostly all of the match the same way, and something that is. At this point, confirmed is that well, Cristaldo of course uh, won a spot there, uh, and Gustavo Bow, who came back from Tijuana, now is a clear substitute. It is some time mm. ago it would have been strange, but now I think it's clear and it's no doubt that Cristaldo, who uh, was had had been linked a lot of times with River, now he's showing great performance at Racing. And he had a, a real, a really hard uh, story of, of life because he he admitted some time ago that he uh, thought of committing suicide. Because oh. some time ago he wasn't uh, uh, in the rather of he he played for Palmeiras I think mm -hmm. uh, some time ago. But uh, there were times in his life he didn't feel well and, and and he really thought about that. But now his present is really different. Of course, I'd completely missed that story, um, yes. but yeah, it, it's always refreshing to uh, what to hear a footballer who can actually talk about these things, whatever it might be. I, I've read fairly recently, incidentally, on a sort of sort of similar um, in in terms of what I'm saying, and you know, players uh, coming out and talking about issues that they might not other otherwise talk about that uh, Matias Vargas, the better Sarsfield uh, youngster, uh, one of his best mates at, at sort of primary school I would guess or maybe secondary school um, was gay uh, and he gave a whole interview to I, I can't remember which magazine it was I, I read about it on the TSA website but they were obviously reporting it as, as being in, in some uh, interview and uh, saying that um, he, he sort of had to think about it when he first broke into the first team you know a lot of locker room 
jokes and stuff where oh you're big puff and all of that kind of thing and he would join in and, and laugh along with it and then he'd sort of think that you know one of my best mates is is getting he's, he's stopped doing it and he started occasionally calling out teammates on yes. it as well um, which which is healthy yes. <laughs> uh, it's it's not particularly for somebody so young I mean I, I guess it's something that we're going to see more then of then there are a lot of players now we are going we are not going to talk about uh, about a lot about this but there are a lot of players that Uh, born in dangerous areas and football saved their lives. Mm. We could say, of course, Ricardo Santurion and uh, he, he appeared uh, uh, in, in a photograph with a gun in his hand. <clears throat> and then uh, Tevez is another one uh, because he bo was born in Fuerte Apache. It's a, a, a non very famous zone with, uh, which is very dangerous. And, and, and well, he now is famous, have a lot of money, but... Uh, When he was a young, a really, when he was a kid, his reality was really different. So, uh, similar to to Cristaldo's story of life, there are another uh, other stories. Some of them are are, are known, some of them aren't. But uh, it's a, I think it's very common in players to, uh, if you ask, ask ask them, to say that they were in a place where money was not a lot of, they didn't have a lot of money, their parents worked all day and he, they couldn't eat uh, any real food mm. so it is something that uh, perhaps is uh, to talk about this in another episode which yeah uh, uh, possibly so maybe over the summer um, yes. you mentioned Guido Herrera uh, failing to push the ball out of the goal and that reminded me and it's a good segue into um, Gimnasia's goal in the match against River Plate in which Herman Lukes Um, similarly failed to push a ball out I actually yes. thought when I saw it when it happened live I thought oh that's a goal yeah what's he complaining about when I saw the replay I thought ooh it's a bit closer than it seemed um, it wasn't clear that the ball got into in this case because the, the replace didn't help but well it was uh, in some some replace uh, uh, the, 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 the sensation or feeling was that the ball totally got into the goal and in others it didn't it wasn't that way but uh, and, and talking about mistakes uh, I, to I, I uh, told you when I was leaving last time that River was playing against Gimnasia in Copa Argentina finally Gimnasia got, uh, uh, got into the final and will play tomorrow against Rosario Central Indeed, yeah. that Franco Armani also made a mistake in the first goal for, from mm. Gimnasia last Wednesday Yes, that was a 2-2 draw, as those of you who listened all the way to the end of last Wednesday's, uh, last week's podcast um, will already be aware. And then Himnasia won the penalty shootout. Um, and yeah, uh, as a result of that, Franco Armani was dropped. I'm joking, of course, he wasn't dropped because of that. Um, River put out an almost entirely second-string side, the only first-team player um, in Rivers. Well, the only two first team players in, in Rivers' starting lineup were arguably Bruno Succulini, if we're going to say that he's a starting 11 player, because of course he's not going to be playing in the, in the Libertadores final, mm. uh, and Rafael Santos Borre, who is suspended for the second leg of the Libertadores final, thanks to the rather silly red uh, yellow card that he picked up during the first leg of it. Yes. Uh, even though Comebol appeared to want to wipe that first leg from history, as we will uh, probably mention later on. Um, anyway, it, it was a decent yes. performance from, from Rivers' uh, kids, especially after you know going out of the Copa Argentina, after the first team went out of the Copa Argentina in midweek um, to the same side. Um, I, I thought they looked very slick, yes. very promising, particularly 
uh, Julian Alvarez and Christian Ferreira both both looked more than decent. Nahuel Gallardo unfortunately picked up an, an injury, the manager's son. Um, I'm not sure how serious that was, but uh, yeah, all, all in all. Apparently it was a tear, um, but uh, I, I don't know whether it was confirmed or not. He was making a real, uh, a quite decent job after some not very good performances. Uh, I think he was a especially in, 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 a, in a friendly where uh, he played against Tacheres last year or, or this year. No, this year. In yeah, which it, was this, it was in about August or something, wasn't it? Just, just after the season started yes. for some reason. I think it was during the first international break. And he was really, really bad and uh, supporters uh, telling, oh, he's the son of Gallardo and that's why he's there. And well, This time he he was decent, but the, the teacher uh, got him out of the game and was replaced by another kid, David Martinez. Mm. And, and yes, it was the uh, correct uh, performance by almost all of the kids. And Julian Alvarez, Christian Ferreira, he had been showing something interesting. I mentioned him some time ago on Twitter, on Twitter, saying that he was one of the most promising kids from the minor divisions. Yeah. And Julian Alvarez is another one too. You, we should uh, uh, look uh, very, very closely, close because uh, he's showing a. Uh, especially in evolution because uh, apparently he's not uh, some players and he will of course I think he will have that that uh, ups and downs mm. but now he's uh, he appears to be uh, growing up and, 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 and evolving so uh, well welcome yes indeed uh, I've just noticed Jorge Moreira was actually uh, in the starting lineup as well I assume that he's uh, obviously he's coming back from injury so I would assume that he's not going to be playing either mm-hmm. on um Sunday. Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, yes. not Saturday. I was about to say Saturday and then realised and stopped myself and just ended up staying silent accidentally. Yes, it was a mixed formation because Moreira, well, of course, he's not, now, now he's not the, in the starting lineup, but he ha- had, had been some time ago. Then Machada and, as you said, Suculini. So there were some, some uh, four players that mm. could have. Yeah, I forgot about Machado, sorry, yeah. He could be in the starting lineup or from the first minute, and some others who you, you perhaps you could be surprised, like Sibile, Kevin Sibile, the, one of the centre center backs, and, well, uh, De La Cruz, who is trying to uh, uh, have some, like, uh, means, to have minutes to show that what he's capable of, because some, since he arrived to River, well, between injuries and, and some not regular performances, he couldn't show that much. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say, though, that unless Jorge Moreira was being played specifically to gain match fitness, and I think after such a long time out, that would be a huge risk. Um, uh, him accepted, uh, none of the other ten are going to be in the starting lineup on Sunday. Um, and I'd be quite surprised if Moreira is as well, considering that he's just come back from injury. Um, this seems like a rational uh, reason to go on to Independiente versus Boca um, Boca also put out a largely second string side Esteban Andrada was the starting goalkeeper he will obviously be playing on Sunday um, Lisandro Magashan and Paolo Goltz were the centre backs you would expect at least Magashan to be starting I think unless I'm forgetting Boca's lineup. Yes, but um, he, he has been sent up so uh, he didn't play the 90 minutes Yes, uh, and Dario Benedetto and Mauro Sarate were among the three-man attacking lineup. Sebastián Misha, presumably, 
uh, Villa, sorry, because he's Colombian, uh, presumably won't be starting, but Benedetto, uh, you would think, will be. Um, and if he doesn't, he'll be the first substitute off the bench. Um, Amaro Sarate might or might not. I, I would think he will start. So Boca fielded a, a slightly stronger side, perhaps, than River. There, there, there were a couple more players um, who, could, who could be in the, in the no, starting I, 11. Um, I, I personally think that the men... The men who will start there in attack will be also Bisha. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's strange that he played uh, the other day. Pavon in the other side that finally he has been he he's at his 100% physically, and then Guanchope uh, Avila and Benet in the bench, and Sarate also in the bench. But uh, who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they feel more of a four-two-three-one uh, than the four-three-three um, that they played on. Uh, uh, Saturday wasn't it? Yeah. Some people said Sunday. that uh, now that he's not playing at the Monumental, he will uh, uh, bet for an uh, or a risk a more yes a more risky formation than the only one striker. Uh-huh. Uh, as it's the Bernabeu, it's like a neutral neutral venue, and now he could be more like they won't feel, they, they perhaps don't feel that pressure from people and. and uh, especially from the crowd, so uh, that wor- that's very hard. Then we 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 must see hmm. uh, and wait until the match. But uh, that's very hard. Yes, absolutely. Um, the match itself was an interesting one. It was entertaining from the neutral point of view. It was interestingly and somewhat unevenly officiated. Um, Mariano Herrera, Dario Herrera, sorry. Um, made some interesting calls in the first half. He sort of hamstrung both teams equally, I, I would say, although Independiente probably should have had a penalty at one point um, and he didn't give it to them. Um, but yeah, in, in the second, it was a little bit more tilted and uh, Edwin Cardona scored with Boca's only shot on target or it, it, I, I can't remember any others. Um, Independiente, by and large, had the better of the play, but Boca... <clears throat> Boca did what they do they scored a really nice goal just under an hour in through Edwin Cardona um, who put a, a lovely finish on the end of a fairly slick team move um, and that proved to be enough Independiente had another one of those games that they have sometimes where they create plenty and, and can't stick very much away or anything away um, they were not very happy obviously with the refereeing afterwards Ariel Olan in particular the manager um, was, was quite angry in his press conference uh, but that's the way the cookie yes, crumbles. Yes, Boca showing again uh, that they can play awfully and score anyway. They don't need to play well to score. Mm. And on the other hand, Independiente produces a lot of opportunities and they can't score. Um, and in, in uh, apart uh, about the the calls from the referee, there was particularly one that called or, or was at, at least polemic. Uh, which was the goal from Independiente that was uh, not awarded by, by Herrera uh, because he understood there was a foul to to, to Andrada, the goalkeeper, but it wasn't, or at least I think it was. Oh, yeah, Maximus. Yes. No, it wasn't, sorry, was it? It was Martin Benitez, I think it was, jumping in. No, I think um, it was Mesa. It was Mesa? Yes. Ah, oh, very well. Uh, I, I, I remember or I recall the, the mistake from uh, Augusto Batalla in the final of 2016 Copa Argentina against Rosario Central in which uh, he was in the air trying to catch the ball but he was very weak and uh, 
I think it was I don't remember now the center midfielder of, midfielder of Rosario Central uh, Musto Damian Musto mm-hmm. who won that ball in the air and scored and uh, far from being a, a foul it was Batasha's mistake who was weak there to, to grab the ball and, and, and Musto won it uh, with no problem in this case it was similar and uh, I, I didn't notice a foul from from uh, from Mesa but yes Dario Herrera thought it was so he didn't award the goal and, and instead awarded a, a foul yes um other matches which window would did I have the results in they were over here weren't they um other matches Dennis Sarsfield beat Rosario Central 2-0 Rosario Central just like Gimnasia against River of course um fielding a sort of mixed well actually Central's was uh, Gimnasia's lineup was more or less mixed Central's is almost entirely second string um ahead of the Copa Argentina on Thursday evening um but Vélez continued their decent form. Uh, they looked yes. pretty sharp. Lucas Robertone opened the scoring. Thiago Almada, um, who I think we mentioned on last week's yes. podcast, didn't we? I mentioned him because uh, Guardia mentioned him as a, a promise to, to follow mm. from Argentina. And I think he scored his first ever goal for Vélez. Yeah, yeah, it was... I mean, he's he's played a few matches, but I can't remember him being on the score sheet before. No, so, no. yeah, he, he grabbed his... his First goal, we're going to say, for um, Belis quite shortly after... Co- oh, no, 20 minutes after coming on. He was subbed on in the uh, 61st minute and scored in the 81st. Um, so congratulations to him if he's listening to this. Um, Central didn't do an awful lot, but they weren't really bothered, were they? They, they didn't particularly care about this one. Um, they have a huge match coming up in 25 hours' time as we speak right now. Um, so... Yeah, that was that. Huracan Defensa Justicia. The other match, which, as I said, was one of the more interesting looking on the fixture list, given how both teams were playing. Another match that went Racing's way. Because either one of these sides would have gone second or third, I think second, um, with a victory. Or Defensa Justicia, in fact, wouldn't have gone second, but they would have had the games in hand in order to make it up to second and really narrow the gap. Um, and they ended up drawing. Uh, Lucas Gamba opened the scoring shortly before half-time for Huracan. Lisandro Martí... No, Lautaro Martínez. What's his name? <laughs> it, it, it's Lautaro, isn't it? Lisandro, I think, because Lautaro is the one at Inter. Of course he is, yes. Right, yeah. So it's... Um, oh, God. Yes, it's, it's uh, uh, Lisandro Martínez, then. Yes. Um, the centre-back, for some reason, uh, was up there and managed to grab the equaliser in the 89th minute... Um, Huracan's manager whose name I've just forgotten in the middle of the sentence thank you Gustavo Alfaro um, was raging about this in the press conference he said oh it was offside it shouldn't have counted it wasn't offside he hadn't seen a replay it was a very close call I'll give him that but it it, it was level in my Um, opinion and beforehand Um, and a deserved draw overall I thought yes yes. Uh, of course uh, the results of course were uh, as you said good for Racing uh, it was th- uh, those details that help uh, that the team to be with more uh, well uh, to be more more uh, have even more confidence and, mm. and think they are they are doing doing well. But um, Gustavo Faro in the, in, the, in the last uh, during the last week uh, made another press conference in which he was also annoyed and very uh, energetic because in this case because of the Copa Libertadores final being played in. In Spain, mm. 
I think, well, there were several people complaining and saying that it's impossible or how come that the copyright authorities is played in Europe and, well, it's uh, something that has been already decided, but uh, there were some coaches and yeah. people from football. We will talk about that, I think, yeah. after the break yes. of that. Um, Defensa Justicia are still unbeaten. They're the only unbeaten side in the Superliga, thanks to that 89th minute winner. Uh, Equaliser, sorry. Um, and Huracan, as I said, are similarly having a really good campaign. Uh, they're, they're not similarly unbeaten, obviously, because I just said the Defensa Justicia are the only unbeaten side. But they've only lost twice. Uh, this was the... First time in one, two, three, and four matches that they had dropped points at home. Um, they've had a fair few away matches, actually. I'm just looking down the, the games they've played so far. So they, they've got a, a run of home games at some point, um, a little bit later in the season to play still. Um, and they're doing very well. The standings in the league at the moment, after 14 matches, and I will mention if anybody's got games in hand, but unless I say so, you can assume that they've played 14 um, are Racing on 33 points and guaranteed to spend the summer break top of the league because there's only one round of matches left and they're five points clear. Um, Atletico Tucuban on 28 points, so five points behind Racing in second place. Defensa Justicia with a game in hand in third place on 27, so obviously if Defensa Justicia were to win that game in hand they would leapfrog Atletico into second. Boca Juniors also with a game in hand, thanks to the Libertadores final, on 24 Huracan with a game in hand over Defensa and, and Boca and two games in hand over Racing and Atletico Tucumán also have 24 points. So if they were to win that, then they would go level with Defensa Justicia's theoretical game in hand total of 30 points. Um, Belles Southfield have played 14 and have got 24 points. Independiente have played 14 and have got 22 points. Godoy Cruz have a game in hand and have got 22 points. Um... And that's as far down as we'll go, I think. Oh, no, maybe we should go down a little bit further. Aldo Sibia have played 14 and have 20 points. And the reason I'm going down a bit further to complete the top 10 uh, is that River only have 19 points, but they've got three games in hand um, over Racing because they've had various matches postponed as well as the Copa Libertadores final mess. Um, I know they will have four. And they will have four, why? Because, of course, these weekend... Of course, because they're not playing... Yeah, neither River nor, nor Boca are going to play this weekend, are they? Yeah. Um, so if River were to win their three games, and then they would go level with Atletico Tucumán on 28 points. Um, they've also got, just looking down here, yeah, by far the best goal difference outside the top two. Racing have got a goal difference of 17, Atletico Tucumán have got a goal difference of 12, and River have got a goal difference of plus 10 um, from 11 matches, which is... Quite impressive, actually. Um, largely thanks to a very tight defence, because they probably haven't been scoring as many in the league as they should have been. Anyway, the relegation zone. Tigre are looking completely buggered. Um, they have 69 points from 71 matches. Patronato have 76 points from 71 matches. Belgrano de Cordoba have 78 from 71. And then, as we mentioned already, the two San Martins are dead level on the average um, San Juan have 80 from 70 and Tucumán have 16 from 14 um, Gimnasia are currently just about safe with 84 points from 71 games uh, but there's only a 4 point gap there uh, you'll have noticed between San Martín de San Juan and Gimnasia La Plata so now that Gimnasia's Copa Argentina um, run is going to be over after tomorrow obviously whatever happens tomorrow, uh, they're not going to need to worry about um, rotating teams uh, for that. Uh, they're going to need to knuckle down and get on with the Superliga in the new year because they're going to be in trouble. Otherwise, Argentinos are the other club 
who are just hanging on the precipice at the moment. 1.25, one and a quarter points per game, 50 from 40. Um, but with only two seasons counting towards their current standings, they're a little bit more susceptible if, if they start losing. And they haven't picked up very many points so far this season. They're only on nine points from the campaign. Um, so that's one to watch for them. We're going to take a break now. We're going to be getting back after last week's rather bumper episode to trying to get everything into around about an hour. Um, because this is a new look hand of pod, or a new sound hand of pod, because we're an audio medium, obviously. So I don't think look is really the right word. Um, and we will be back right after this music. recorded last week um, we still didn't know where the Copa Libertadores final second leg I'm going to continue to say second leg even though Conmebol don't seem to want us to think of it as such, uh, was going to be played there was the possibility that it was being played in Quater, although we were I think reporting last week that that uh, was being said to be a bit less likely um, there were various other things being banded around, the day after we recorded it was confirmed uh, that it is going outside South America, it's going to Madrid. Not very happy about this decision. And I'm not speaking as a River fan, I'm speaking as somebody who has some respect for South American football. Comebol used to have a regulation when the Mexican sides were involved in the Copa Libertadores, stating that it always had to be decided on the continent of South America. That's why, you might remember, in 2015, River Plate had their second leg of the final at home, in spite of the fact that their knockout seeding was not as high as Tigris, uh, because Comebol did not want to take the Libertadores out of the continent. Uh, the cup could be won by a Mexican club, but it wasn't going to be decided in Mexico. Uh, that appears now to have gone out the window, all of that respect for 100 years or 102 years of Comebol tradition since its founding in 1916, all of the respect for 58 years yeah, 58 years uh, of Libertadores tradition since its founding in 1960. Um... By the wayside, uh, because Madrid or Real Madrid or the city or I don't know what, the management company run the burn the bail or whatever the hell it is, um, put a load of money in and said we'd like to play this. As Juan Roman Riquelme has said, and as I've said many times, I think Argentine football would be a better place if there were more people like Riquelme involved in it, um, not just as a player but as a person as well. Uh, he called it the other day the most expensive friendly in history. Um, I think it's an enormous shame for South American football. Um, quite aside from you know all of the arguments about oh it gives Boca the advantage because they got to play one game at home and River don't get to play one at home. Blah blah blah. I mean whatever. Um, this is being treated as a final in a neutral venue. Comebol are rather lucky in that respect that the first leg finished all square so they can actually market it as such. Um, and well, it, it's it's. <sighs> Yes, of course. Take I, it away. I think that this time, at this point, there is no any kind of doubt that Comebol, once the 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 Pablo Perez was hurt, which was the central central or I mean the, the the most important point or the main point of this is that first of all Pablo Perez was injured, was hurt. 
um, no one thought this would happen even when we are not surprised because we are in Argentina and after that I think Cormibol um, took advantage of it as a possibility to make their own business and take Copa Libertadores where they wanted independently of the interest of Argentina which is River and Boca involved in that Copa Libertadores of course we can say that it was terrible for, for uh, football that uh, everyone and all, all of the world watched Pablo Pérez being hurt Oh, the cast decided to come and join us. Carry on, Andres. But um, it's no doubt that this happened. And then after that, Comnebol said, well, of course, we will do these things uh, like we, as we want, e- e- even if we said, like you said, that Copertadores should be played in South America. And I think even when I am, of course, a reverse supporter, but I, I condemn the, the Barra that is sub supposedly as a supporter of River, I think they are not supporters, uh, throwing something to a Boca player, a player of Boca. Uh, but I think that Boca also saw their own advantage here because after that, they managed not to play the, the game, but when they realized that if they don't uh, uh, go to the stadium and play the game, they will be very, very severely uh, sanctioned. And that, well, of course, I th- I think that what they thought is, of course, at least we we took River out of Monumental. This is something that we could say, but that that doesn't care now. Uh, I think that that happened even when now it's late to cry and and, and complain. Um, I think that that happened because we will we will see whether then after this Boca really goes to the task to the or the here we say the task is the. Uh, Court of Arbitration yes. Sport, yeah, in English it's CAS and in Spanish yes. it's TAS. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, of course it will depend on the result because if Boca wins, they won't. Uh, I, I, I think that they won't go to, to the court. But um, yes, it's really... Um, it was said that also, uh, first of all, Asunción as a possible venue with no people, with no crowd, then Doha or, well, Quater, Quater, with both uh, with supporters of both teams, and now it was uh, finally Madrid, also with supporters from both teams, which is also hilarious because b- both supporters from both teams will go in in different places, I think. But then, of course, we will they will be in the same stadium with. Well, the other thing is that it's been taken out of Argentina, okay, not out of South America. But the reasoning for taking out of Argentina was, well, the Argentine authorities clearly can't cope with this. And, and the Madrid police force, or, or possibly the Spanish federal police force, I'm not sure uh, precisely which uh, organisation is going to be in charge of the policing, has asked uh, for help from Argentina's police to you know, help them to run it. So they're, they're flying 3,000 officers over or something like that. They should well, ask- they're going to be 3,000 officers in total, but they're flying a, a few hundred over from Buenos Aires, um, which is a bit of a joke as well in itself. I think they should ask Mendoza police because <laughs> we we forgot that uh, the, in March there was a match between River and Boca in, in Mendoza yeah. uh, with supporters from both sides and there were no at least not big incidents or big uh, uh, problems or riots or uh, because sometimes there are things that happen and we don't uh, uh, we know we don't know for example I think I, I I mentioned that the bus uh, that took River players to the Bombonera in the first leg during the first leg also there are 
there, there, there was glasses smashed, but there weren't injured or hurt players, so it was normal. Uh, and but but uh, about Mendoza, both uh, supporters from both teams were there, and there were no no big problems. So it was it was it was that I think another possibility, but it was even it wasn't even taken into consideration, uh, taken into consideration. So uh, yeah. now yes, it's of course uh, late to cry because even the clubs or the teams were uh, at first time we thought or uh, it was said that they would uh, protest or say no, we won't go there. Uh, I don't know what. What will happen there if none of the teams go and play? Because if one team doesn't play, of course the other one wins uh, because of obvious reasons. Uh, that's something that Boca did in 2015. They their players uh, they were ready to play when River uh, players were with their eyes uh, in bad conditions, and now River didn't do that. I don't. I am not defending River because uh, I am River supporter, but I don't say. Everything that River is, oh, River has uh, is not benefit and Boca is, well, um, in this case it's true that uh, River didn't go to the stadium to the pitch and play and, and try to play as making Boca uh, being the position of of not presenting them themselves. Hmm. But what well, that's that are now details and, and not very important for sure. Indeed, uh, I'm going to ignore that noise that you might have just heard in the background. I assume the cat's just knocked something off the fridge, but uh, hopefully nothing breakable. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it, it's a mess. It is, as you say, the chance that Comebol have to play the first one-off final, in effect, on uh, in a neutral stadium. Um, and yeah, the, the the whole thing with both sets of fans flying to the you know to the other side of the world to play this game when they supposedly can't be trusted to put a match on with only one set of fans is a bit of a joke um, but here we are South American football doesn't and have of any course, left Commonwealth have sold it so. of course much more expensive for, for no, normal people for the people that it's a, a worker for example very very difficult to afford because uh, it was almost I don't know if uh, $2,000 to say something uh, very uh, soft or, or, or not exact uh, figure uh, to, to afford a, a, a travel for three days to uh, go to Madrid uh, buy the tickets of course to be there for three nights in a hotel and of course uh, then then eat something uh, so it, it was very from two from I think it was uh, $50 which was the the normal price for a ticket for for the monumental game to almost i don't i know twenty two thousand dollars it's really big it's big yeah i mean good luck if you were able to get one for fifty dollars but um yeah that was the supposed starting price and obviously there been there's been a lot of talk uh, about uh, the resale um yeah. system and, and the fact <laughs> that a lot of people were having difficulty buying tickets when there were supposedly tickets still available and the website kept saying there weren't and, and lots of people were already putting them up on um, Viagogo and other sites similarly. There were Spanish... So, sorry. No, no, that's not a problem in Argentina as well, of yes. course. But, you know, supposedly one of the advantages of taking it to Europe was that these yes. things don't happen in Europe. No, but there were Spanish supporters that uh, were very creative to sell the tickets. I don't know if you, if you know about this. 
uh, that they were selling pens by one thousand uh, euro, and as a gift they gave the the tickets. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> we've seen things like that as oh. well here, and um, yes. For touting, yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the list of questions because obviously there are a fair few of them regarding the final of the Libertadores. Uh, Stephen Hooley says River, he sent this one in on December the 1st, which was Saturday, uh, when this hit the news in, um, well, around the world really. River opposing playing in Spain, could that be another cancellation? Um, no. Uh, so the thing, as, as we say, it, it was reported as oh, River are going to refuse to play. River did not refuse to play. What River did was put on record their fundamental disagreement with the concept of, of playing this match in Spain uh, or indeed outside South America or, you know, in River's case, obviously they're arguing with not playing it in the Monumental. Um, but they are going to have to... Um, they, they have to stand up for their fans' rights in the same way that Boca have to stand up for their... Not fans, sorry, members. Um, in the same way as, as Boca are doing so by saying that they're going to take everything to the Court of Arbitration for sport until they can get the trophy and everything. Um, so it, it's more a placing on record of a grievance. River are going to, um, I believe, in fact, that they're, they're probably already there because their flight was supposed to have left last night, right? So they'll be in Madrid by now. No, they, um, both guys are already and River, uh, uh, I River think they took their night. flight uh, after, me, after, uh, after midnight, uh, sorry, midday today. Ah, okay. At, at 2 p.m. So they're on the way. Um, but they're, they're, you know, both teams are, are going to go out and play the match, and then obviously the legal repercussions will continue after that. Um, but Stephen yes. also asks, sorry, Andres, go on. No, what River stated about this is that how come they are not guilty because uh, Cornebol, a discipline a disciplinary unit, or, or, or uh, I know how it's called in English, uh, refused the, the, the claim that Boca. Uh, uh, carried, carried there, and, and but at the same time they sanctioned River with the uh, uh, four, uh, I think four hundred thousand dollars mm. of fine, uh, fine, fine, fine them with that sum of money, and uh, they will have to play two uh, games under the clo- uh, closed doors, uh, and from 2019 the first two games for Conmebol competitions. So they said, but we are not guilty. Why you are? Taking us uh, outside the yeah. In other words, yeah. I mean, if 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 we're guilty, then why are you not just awarding the tie to Boca? And if you're not awarding the tie to Boca, and therefore if River aren't guilty, then then why why are you punishing River anyway? Um, which uh, there's some logic behind that, I think. Um, Stephen also says, has any other fixture led to so many postponements? I make it four league games cancelled to play the original ties. Um, so that would be obviously Boca's. Um, well, it's not a cancellation; it's a postponement. But yeah, Boca's postponement for the first leg, Rivers' postponement for the second leg. Um, the he says the first leg. Well, yeah, that was postponed because of rain. The second leg twice, obviously, fair enough. And a San Lorenzo game, so that's a third league game. Um, that's eight and counting. Oh, I see. Sorry, he's saying four league games plus those ones. Well, the, the San Lorenzo game was a league game. Uh, it's only two league games for the originals, though, because Boca postponed for the first leg, and River had already played theirs, yes. uh, and then Boca's uh, second leg match was brought forward, because they're only allowed to, to ask for one postponement each, you see, for the, the final, uh, so they sort of jigged the calendar around, that's why Boca played against, was Patronato. it Union or San Martin? No, uh, Patronato. Oh, Patronato, well done, yeah, the, during the international break on that weekend. Um, so it's not quite as many as, as you're counting, Stephen, but yeah, I mean, it's obviously far more than, than there ought to have been. Um, 
Paul Richardson says, question for this week's pod. Putting all the nonsense aside, who do you think will win the Copa Libertadores? Who cares anymore, honestly? Yes. Um, it's it's lost its legitimacy. I, I, I think that the simplest the thing, only thing that is I say there's no winner. This, it this has, the only thing I say is it has some, like... Uh, uh, it's cool for River to win Copa Libertadores is that they will play next Copa Libertadores because losing Copa Argentina semi-final means that the only way for them to to uh, to play next Copa Libertadores is to win this one and that they will have four Copa Libertadores and they will be closer to Boca Boca's record that they have six otherwise well, Independiente's record yes but Boca uh, but Boca's yes yeah. Boca's have six and if, if they play, if they win it they will have same same, they will be leveled with uh, Independiente with seven, and River will have only three. And, and they'll have if River were to win it, then they would go level on with Estudiantes, wouldn't they? Because Estudiantes yes. have got four, I believe. The three from sixty-eight to seventy, and then the one from twenty oh. Was it twenty oh eight? Twenty oh six? That long ago? Yeah. Oh, yes. you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think River are probably ever so slight favourites because they've got a better manager and, and they tend to play slightly better as a team. Um, but I just, after everything that has happened and, and after the fact that they're taking it to Europe and playing it as this big sort of glamour tie, um, I, I, I'm past caring now. I, I think that they should just not award it this year, honestly. Uh, that's probably not the response that you want, obviously, from um, an Argentine football podcast. We ought to still be really excited about this match, but it's uh, yes. had it all, the excitement's been sucked out of it, in my opinion. Uh, Jay says, how many half-and-half half Boca River scarves do you expect will be purchased in Madrid? <laughs> I hope they're not going to produce any, but obviously uh, I'm sure that there are going to be some. And if you buy one, if you are somebody who's going to a match, uh, to, to the match and, and you buy one of those scarves, then you need to have a serious word with yourself. Um, well, I think I have already mentioned this some time ago, or a long time ago, here, that... Uh, uh, I, I used to work for a Croatian uh, or German bookie, uh, book sport, uh, sports book, sorry, and uh, with Mariano. And we, we both um, bought and gave us a gift to the Croatian uh, uh, workmates. I, I gave them a scarf of river and he gave, gave them a, a scarf from San Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. And when they received the, 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 those scarves, they said, oh, San Lorenzo, okay. Oh, and River. Like, they were much more excited because of the River scarf than San Lorenzo's. Uh, so, in this case, it will be 50-50, I think. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Racing Club UK says, who was the best penalty stopper in Argentine football history? For us, it's easy. Our advent calendar player for today, Agustin Pelletieri, who famously had to go in goal once and saved a penalty. Um, I think uh, a little bit more seriously, it's going to be between Hugo Gatti and Ubaldo Filiol, no? Statistically speaking, I think those yes. two... I think Gatti has the record, if I remember rightly. Could be, but... had a record until somebody equaled it or bettered yes. it fairly recently. Oh, could, be, could be both, but uh, closer in terms of the time, it will be Goicochea or, well, mm. Romero in this in the form... Last uh, yes, of course, yes, Sergio Romero. They is, is will the, be hero Macherano's phrase. Yes, uh, so uh, in, in many ways it, it would be him. Um, but yeah, I think yes. fittingly at club level at least it, it's uh, an argument between a river and a Boca player in Filiol or uh, yes or Gatti. Uh, Filiol, by the way, apparently Seba 
uh, tells us as very long-term listeners will be might be able to remember from from early episodes of Hand the Pod that it is apparently it's pronounced that way. It's not filol and it's not fichol. Uh, it, it's pronounced the Spanish way for some reason. Yes, uh, Paul Richardson says, "Does the Bernabeu favour Boca with its close stand atmosphere, similar to La Bombonera?" I have seen a match at the Bernabeu, and it, the atmosphere is not anything near to the atmosphere in the Bombonera. Um, obviously, the architecture of the stadium, I know what you mean. Uh, but, you know, it's the fans that make the atmosphere. And there are going to be, what is it, 5,000 socios of, of each club yes. at the game. And then about 90,000 Real Madrid fans or, you know, locals or European tourists. And there will uh, be one... It's not going to be an Argentine football atmosphere. One each, uh, very famous... Apparently, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi will be there also. Yes. So, it will be another from one. Not Barcelona, Real Madrid, not Boca and River, but... The... Indeed. Uh, I don't think it, it favours... I wouldn't say it favours Boca. I don't think it favours River either. It is going to be... And, and the atmosphere is, is not going to be a patch on what it would have been if it had been played here, obviously. Uh, Liam Kelly, no relation to me, says, Will it be fourth time lucky for Central in the Copa Argentina final? It would be nice for them. I think that they're favourites. Um, they have fallen off a little bit in the league in recent weeks, um, but they've got the Copa Argentina experience um, and they, they've got uh, players who've, who've been here before. Um, and they don't play be, against Boca or River. Yes, and they're not playing in the Boca or River. Um, I, I think that Central are probably the favourites, but it should yes. be an interesting match. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Chris Hartley says, hopefully, didn't they get beat twice in a row by River? Yes, they did. They also, they got beat twice. It might have been twice in a row. Or it might, oh, no, hang on. They got beaten by Huracan the first time and then by Boca the following year, didn't they? And then they got right. beaten twice in a row by River. Um, Stephen Hooley says, how many fans are likely to travel from Argentina to Spain for the game and what segregation is in place? Don't know what segregation is in place, if any segregation is in place in Madrid, which is probably the most important question. At the airport, it's going to be fairly well segregated. Aerolíneas Argentinas have announced one flight specifically for River fans and one specifically for Boca fans, which, bearing in mind about 5,000 of each are expected to travel, I'm not sure how they're going to fit 5,000 fans onto one plane. Um, it strikes me as a bit of a publicity move and a bit yes. stupid. But, but uh, they released a phone number if you're a Boca supporter... And another phone number if you are a River supporter. Yeah. But they, they, I don't think they ask you whether you are a, a River or Boca supporter because if you call for, for a number, you you are saying that. But you could be a River supporter and call for the Boca number and go uh, disguised uh, as a... It happens a lot here. As a, you are a new, neutral fan, but you, you are a supporter. Yes, yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean... It's not really been thought through, clearly. Well, the fact that they're playing the bloody Copa Libertadores final in, in Europe hasn't been thought through. Um, so there we go. Derek Secula says, What are the odds that one or both teams refuse to play after landing in Spain? Do we expect Boca to carry on the legal battle to disqualify River following the match? So there are two questions there. The first one is, I will give you odds of... I can't afford thousands to one if it actually does happen, but I, I'd be, I'd probably, I, I'd give you odds of hundreds to one as long as you only agree to place a small bet. Um, it's not going to happen. N neither team is going to refuse to play after flying out there. They're both going to play. Um, and will Boca carry on the legal battle to disqualify River? If they lose, then yeah. I mean, Daniel Ankelis has already said that that will happen. Um, so, yes. Uh, Darren Paul says, How bloody good is Ivan Pichud? He's having a good season. 
compared yes. with some other campaigns he's had in recent years. Also, that turn by Saracho against Tacheres, um, I missed that one. That must have been during a point that I was watching the Huracan Defensive Justicia game. What was your individual moment of the weekend? I'm not sure whether it counts as an individual moment because it was kind of in the middle of a team move, but Christian Ferreira's pass to Rafael Santos Borre for Rivers. I think it was Rivers' first goal because Santos Borre scored twice. But it was Julian um, Alvarez. Was, oh, it was, uh, yes, quite yes. right. Yeah, it was Alvarez. Uh, but that yes. pass was, um, was yes. very nice indeed. Um, similar, in a way, to the um, one that Lionel Messi provided at the weekend for um, Barcelona against... So I can't remember who... Um, Unless that was an old replay. I think I was watching Barcelona Villarreal yesterday. Replay. That might have been from a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, it was a similar sort of pass. Um, side note, Darren says, I love that Tacheres have CAT, Club Atletico Tacheres, C-A-T, written on their match day ball as if it's the Unibon Premier. <laughs> uh, your individual moment of the weekend, Andres, by the way? It's hard to, to, to mention only one because there were a lot... Um... Yes, I, I will say the same like you because if not, I will think a lot of time and 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 I don't have only one moment that especially I think perhaps Alexander Lopez also third goal because it was great greatly mm-hmm. finished and it was of course set, set selling the, uh, the 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 result I mean uh, securing the, the advantage and, and and they are now clear leaders so that will be another yeah. Uh, Jamie has oh this is a very good question is Pulga Rodriguez the Atletico Tucumán striker for those who are not sure the most popular player in the league outside of the Grandes he seems to be everyone's favourite player outside the club they follow I, be, yes. I'm going to have to just it, it's a very very boring answer but I think so yeah yes. he's, he's the cult player of the moment let's say um, Phil Carney says Lanús appear to be making a strong push to finally re-sign Pepe Sand should I put everything on a League Cup double for next season now, or wait a little bit? I'd wait a bit, Phil. Sorry to tame your enthusiasm, but um, yeah. Yes, it's not confirmed anyway that Sand will be back at Lanús. No, or, or is it? Indeed. Um, and then, oh, that's it. oh no, it's not that it. We've got six new notifications since we started recording. So here we go. Um, Jushin Thunderlager says, do you think European clubs missed out on not buying Ezequiel Barco when they had a chance? No, they've still got a chance. Jorge Almiron is off to Europe at the moment. That's why Gonzalo Martinez is is signing for Atlanta. Um, And I think that's the first step in what Atlanta said all along was their big plan, which was to become like a finishing school uh, for players from Latin America um, before moving them on to Europe. Barco is still only... What must he, he must be like 20 now or 21 yes. at most. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's going to be the next out the door probably at Atlanta and moving on to Europe, uh, particularly if Almiron hits the ground running. I'm not sure who Almiron's going to, but he is expected to leave, hence why they're signing Gonzalo Martinez from River. Um, yes, Miguel Almiron yeah. was uh, said to leave and that's why they wanted yes. Uh, Sorry, Miguel Almiron. Yeah, I said Jorge Almiron, uh, yes. who was the Lanos manager at the uh, same time when, when Miguel Almiron was... Uh, was broke yes, through and they, they were the same together. surname but no yes. nothing thank you for same, that very like, subtle correction <laughs> like Liam Kelly with you no no relation yes indeed uh, Darren O'Connor says what type of atmosphere is expected at the Bernabeu I, I mean we're not in Spain so it's a difficult one to answer but as I said having seen a game there I'd be surprised if it's um, well it will be, be like you said perhaps a Bernabeu not typical atmosphere as 
Yeah. It would be a Bernabeu filled with, packed with. It's, it's going to be a better... I, I would say, obviously, there are going to be fans of both clubs there, and a few of them, but there will be some there. Um, so it's going to be a better atmosphere than a normal Bernabeu league game, which was the sort of fixture that I went to see. I went to see Real Madrid against Deportivo La Coruña. Um, uh, what are we in? 2018, so 11 years ago. Um, and... Deportivo scored after about two minutes just as I was taking my seat so that also killed what very little atmosphere there was um, so it's going to be a better atmosphere than a run-of-the-mill Madrid league game but it's obviously not going to be as good an atmosphere as it would have been at as we said at, at the Bombonera or at the Monumental um, anyway there will be only 10,000 supporters mm. uh, traveling from, from Argentina so that will be the real or the similar atmosphere uh, as if the match was going to be played here, because the twenty five thousand each, I think it will be or twenty thousand, uh, will be from uh, from abroad. Uh, so I, I know if, if an Italian or or, or or an Argentina living in Italy uh, going to Bernabeu, I think it won't be the same as the ones that are from here and go as yeah. if they were going to to the Monumental. And, and there's some supposedly there's some priority being given to Argentine citizens living abroad as well. If if you live in in Spain or, or elsewhere in Europe, then you're going to that's get another another incredible foreign contingent. But I mean, it's not decision. Really the same. Of course, it is obvious that uh, for for Argentinian uh, supporters that are traveling from Argentina will be much much more difficult and and difficult to afford. But to give priority to to people from abroad, it's even. Even with the economic situation, it's really polemic also. Yes, indeed. Um, we're, that, that's it. That, that, those are all of the questions. Thank you very much for sending one in, if you did. Um, feel free to next time, if you didn't. Uh, listen to this piece of music. <laughs> and then when we come back from it, you will hear Mystic Sam's predictions for the weekend to come. I forgot to ask anybody to challenge me this week, so it's just going to be my predictions on my own. Here we are. This is the first time that I'm seeing most of these fixtures. Um, actually, it's the first time I'm seeing any of these fixtures. I don't know why I said most a minute ago. Uh, a second ago. Um, so, my predictions are as follows. San Martín de Tucumán versus New Orleans Old Boys. I'm going to go for a draw on that one on Friday night. That's the only game on Friday, which is a bit weird. But there we are. Um, on Saturday, Union versus Banfield. I'm going for an Union win. San Lorenzo versus Estudiantes. I think it'll be a San Lorenzo victory um, under Almiron. That will be their first win if it comes off under him. Defensa Justicia, I think, will beat Colón in Florencio Barrela. And Lanús versus Tacheres. I'm going to go for a Tacheres win in that one. Godoy Cruz versus Independiente is the last game of the day on Saturday, and I'm going for a draw. Argentinos Juniors on Sunday, uh, home to Aldo Civi. Wow, the games start late on Sunday. Of course they do, because of the Libertadores final, don't they? <laughs> uh, Argentinos Juniors at home to Aldo Civi. I'm going for a draw in that one. Gimnasia y Grima La Plata at home to Huracan at the same time. Um, I'm going to say an Huracan win there. 
Um, and then Racing versus San Martín de San Juan has to be a Racing victory, doesn't it? On Monday, Patronato versus Belles. Gonna go for a Belles win there. And Belgrano against Tigre. I am going for Belgrano to snatch a win. Obviously, Boca versus Atletico Tucumán and Rosario Central versus River will be played at later dates. I remember when you mentioned Banfield. Uh, that Banfield has a new coach and he's not a normal Oh, you're quite right, yes. Not there was coach. a big fuss about this, sorry to interrupt. But yeah, so what happened was, I think we met, might have mentioned last week, Latrice, stop tearing the sofa to pieces, please. Might have mentioned last week that they'd taken the decision not to renew Julio Cesar Falcioni's contract when it runs out at the end of the year. Um, and then they sacked him, didn't they? Or or he walked or something as a result of that well, decision. this I think has to do, uh, I think it's 50-50 with... Of course, Manfred is not playing really well that right now, but he has some healthy health issues. Mm. Um, apart from that, uh, I I assume it was a decision taken by both, by by the board and and also him himself. Uh, but I don't know if sacked is the word because he's all the time he Manfred plays at their stadium. He's uh, there is an ovation for him. It, it was mutual termination. I think, but the fans are not happy with the board for doing it. Well, um, it they're, they're, they're quite angry that Falcioni is being allowed to sort of slip through it because obviously he's a club legend. He's, he's the greatest manager Banfield yes. have ever had. They won the league with him uh, in ooh twenty eight, twenty oh eight, or something around then. Yeah, um, it was a couple of years before Lanús won it, wasn't it? Lanús won it in, anyway in the last decade. Uh, as in in the, pre- the decade previous to the current decade, in the 2000s. Um, they won the league with him, and so he's a club legend. Um, who is the current manager? The current manager yeah. is Hernán Crespo. Oh, he's been unveiled, has he? That's been confirmed? Yes. yes. So this is going to be his first match in charge on Saturday? Yes, because I don't know whether which club, is, I think it's Parma, or uh, the claim which he has been working in, a, in a, as a, as a, a like director or something like that. Or sports uh, secretary or manager, um, but uh, as a as a coach, I don't think he has been working. Oh, that's very interesting. No, I I saw that they were talking about appointing him. I didn't realize that they'd actually managed to confirm it already. Um, but yes, I've just searched for him on Twitter while he was speaking, and he has indeed. Ooh, we've got a question mark next to confirmado here. Uh, his. Helpers Alejandro and Tobias Coan, who were said to be uh, Crespo's. My cat's currently sneezing next to the microphone, so I apologise for that. Uh, she's just tasted a bit of Andres Fernet, I think. Um, who were said to be Crespo's first choices for his own backroom staff have been confirmed, apparently, um, and therefore we're expecting that Crespo's going to be named any moment now. But he's not. It doesn't seem quite been confirmed just yet, uh, but it's going to happen. Yes, I think he, he was. By the time this goes I thought online. he was, but uh, yes. I mean, it, it, by, by the time this goes online, it might very well have been confirmed. Or, or, or uh, anyway, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm fairly happy to say I forgot about it. But yeah, let's say that Hernan Crespo is going to be in charge. Whether he's actually in charge for the weekend, of course, is another matter. But he, he's going to take over, if not after this one, and, and this weekend might be a caretaker boss. Um, that was actually one reason that I. I when I, th- I think I predicted uh, Banfield to lose, didn't I? Because I was aware that Falcioni had lost the job, um, and we're not quite sure who's going to have it just yet. Anyway, anyway, in the last times it was very difficult for him, 
as uh, all the time you you watch him not very good in terms of the health health not comfortable uh, so if if not for the sports or the results of the team or because of his health uh, well uh, I think he has to do both things mm. I have to say apart from Godoy Cruz versus Independiente I'm struggling to get particularly excited about any of this weekend's fixtures. Yes. It's a tricky Some one. Time None of them are sort of really... Going cruise independent, perhaps, or La Nuta Chérez, some time will have been also attractive, but at this time it, it, is, it is not... Uh, yeah. If it was Tacheres Lanús, and if Lanús were any good, then maybe. But Lanús yeah. at home... And, uh, Same as San Lorenzo yeah. Estudiantes. Uh, San Lorenzo is not good at this moment. No. Uh, and Estudiantes neither. Very tricky. Yes. Um, but anyway, if you are watching any football this weekend, try and enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> yes. And uh, we will obviously be back next week to tell you about it. Also, continue to listen if you want. And if I remember to, uh, later on tonight, I will um, mention the full-time score from the first leg of the Copa Sudamericana, which is getting underway in 45, 46 minutes from now. Um, that obviously doesn't involve any Argentine clubs, but it's the Copa Sudamericana, so we may as well acknowledge that it's happening. Um, Atletico Junior versus Atletico Paranaense. Um, that's happening. So, yes. For now, thank you very much for listening for another week, and goodbye from Andres. Goodbye, thank you. And from me, goodbye. First leg of the Copa Sudamericana final has just finished. Atletico Junior won. Atletico Paranaense won after a pretty entertaining second half. The first half was a little bit dull, uh, but the second was rather better.